One. Two. Three. Four. Five. Six. Why do you have your eyes closed? Because <laughs> sometimes I close my eyes and it helps me think better. I get that. I was like, there's, there's too much. You... The world is too much. God, paint that on a sign and hang it on every billboard. <laughs> it's the opposite of the James Bond movie. Wait, what? Because there's a James Bond movie called The World Is Not Enough. Oh, okay. I've literally never seen a James Bond, so... I've never uh... seen most James Bond, but Garbage sings the theme to The World Is Not Enough and it sounds pretty good. Okay. Okay. And there's a movie where the lead singer is being built as a robot, which is funny because she played a robot in the Terminator TV show. Oh, nice. But this was like a decade before it. Yeah. Welcome to our Christmas episode about the Terminator. <laughs> I wish I could say that I knew anything about the Terminator either, but I really don't. I'll get you a I'll get you a cameo from one of the Terminator actors for Christmas. Ah, thanks. Hey, look, Christina, we don't we know we heard you don't know who we are, and like understood. <laughs> Just roll up to Lena Headey's cameo. I don't know if she has a cameo. Just roll up to her like, hey, Lena Headey, my friend Christina has doesn't know anything about the lore of the Terminator. Would you like to explain to her the entire premise? Do you want to actually do the episode now? Yeah, let's go for it. Okay. It'll stop me from it'll stop me from scrolling through the country living list of the sixty nine best Christmas songs. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now As we riff this show Tanner and Christine are gonna figure out Why we love this show Better grab your golden stars and slushies Cause you're listening You're listening To loser like me Loser like me Hey everybody, welcome back to Loser Like Me, which is normally a Glee recap and review podcast, except today, because of some fun scheduling in the middle of the most stressful Christmas this side of World War I. Um. There's so much happening this December. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And unfortunately that meant that Vigil was not able to be a guest for this week, and so while we try and sort some things out, potentially... Just waiting until the new year to release new episodes and finish off the last three episodes of this season, but we decided, hey, mm-hmm. let's put something out. Let's put something. Let's put something out for this season. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we were kind of trying to spitball back and forth, like, what do we do? And then Tanner said, "What if we just come up with what the Christmas special would have been for the first season of Glee?" Because going forward, they're going to have a Christmas special every episode or not every episode every episode, <laughs> every, every episode is christmas 100 episodes of christmas specials <laughs> yeah no they have one christmas episode per season in the future seasons so we're like what if we just put one in for season one so this will be episode 13.5 yeah thir- i i i was thinking it was going to be 13.5 cuz yeah. that's the that's where it makes sense for it to fit both in terms of episodes that were releasing and that they were releasing at the time and yeah. in the terms of the narrative because that's there's just the nebulous void of where Christmas is between episode 13 and episode 14. Yeah. We can assume it happened. Yes. This this isn't the Christmas that almost wasn't. Mhm. 
This is the Christmas that they just didn't want you to worry about. Yeah. Well, and like obviously the main behind-the-scenes reason is that they didn't know if they were getting any episodes when they initially were mm-hmm. scripting out the first 13, and then when they got their back nine, it was like, you get your back nine, but you have to wait four months. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, they had no chance to fit a Christmas episode in the first season, although they did yeah. have Corey and Leah record a duet of Last Christmas that they were released as a promotional single, and then that song was later reincorporated into both the second season Christmas episode and re-released on the second season Christmas album. Okay, yeah. That that explains it. I was like, I thought I remember Last Christmas having happened, but I didn't remember the context for it. Yeah. And then they've actually released a Christmas album t- for 2010, 11, 12, and 13. Four seasons worth of Christmas albums. Gotcha. Season 6 didn't have a Christmas album because it was only 13 episodes long and didn't start until January. Oh, really? I didn't know it was only 13 episodes, huh? Yeah. Because they knew they were ending, and so it's like, why invest more than what we need to? <laughs> I guess. Diminishing returns. (laughs) Exactly. So, I want to start this off with a bit of a hot take. Oh, I I was going to suggest that we start off with figuring out where this lands in the timeline of Glee. Oh, well, I was going to, it would be right after sectionals, because that's when they all happen. Yeah, 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 no, I mean, like, I'm, like, figuring out, like, okay, where were the characters, where did they end, and then where did they begin the next episode? Okay. The Finn and Quinn. Maybe maybe do your hot take first, because that okay. might take less time. <laughs> okay, my Christmas hot take is that your favorite Christmas songs are the ones that you heard before you turned like ten. Mm-hmm. And after that, you're just your brain doesn't have any more room for other Christmas songs. You'll listen to the same twenty Christmas songs that your parents played for you as a child until you die. And maybe you'll find some other ones along the way, but for the most part, it's those twenty Christmas songs. And then that's why, like, the people's favorite Christmas songs are only ever from like the eighties and late nineties. I don't think that's necessarily wrong. I think part of it's also that, like, it's a th- the Christmas music industry is th- the songs that do the best are re-releases of cr- traditional Christmas classics by newer artists, and like, I I I I can think of literally one new Christmas song that I've heard in the last year and a half. That wasn't, you know, like, a cover of something. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, Katy Perry's, like, Cozy Christmas or something like that. Oh. I know Carly Rae just um, put a Christmas song out, but I haven't listened to it yet. Oh, good for her. I haven't listened to it either. I should put that on my on, on my super giant more than two days worth of music Christmas playlist. Oh, wow. My Christmas playlist is just under four hours long. <laughs> It's called my Christmas playlist is I just literally take any Christmas music by artists that I like and I just chuck it on there. If it if it's Christmas, it fits. I only have a paltry like 63 Christmas songs. I'm pretty sure I also have every single Glee Christmas song on there. Oh, see that's see that's my thing is that the Glee Christmas music most of it does not spark joy for me. Really? Just and not that it's bad, it's just a lot of them I feel do not compare to either originals or my own favorite covers. Yeah, that's fair. Like, I do have their Let It Slow, Let It Snow, and I do have their Angels <laughs> Be Heard on High. Also, uh, Glee, Glee actually didn't cover a majority of my favorite Christmas songs. They covered my number one favorite Christmas song, Christmas Rapping, and I hated it. <laughs> yeah. Because they didn't... Uh, uh, the Christmas Rapping is a Christmas song full of story. Yes. This is a song that you need to be building up to through the entire year. And Glee was mm-hmm. like, we're just going to have Britney sing it while she does some cheerleading. Pa 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 da pa pa and it's done. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I have a favorite Christmas. Actually, no, wait. Yes, I do. 
I have a Christmas song that is my favorite, and they covered it. Which song is that? All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. Oh, uh, yeah, that's an easy one. Yeah, it it's it's a very it's a very easy target for Glee covers. I don't I don't think the songs that I have are deep cuts, but maybe they are. I don't know. Okay, let's <laughs> let's yeah. figure out wh- where people are. Okay, so ending episode thirteen with sectionals. Rachel and Finn were together. Were they actually together though, or were they just they, thinking they they were flirting? We because we don't actually see them get together. This was after Finn and Quinn had broken up, so Rachel and Finn were uh, were available to show affection to each other. So they could. This could be them getting together. Yeah. Were Quinn and Puck back together by this point? They wouldn't have been back together, but like it's in this time zone that Quinn probably moved out of Finn's house and moved into the Puckle. The what are they? Puckermans. The Puckermans. Yeah, the Puckermans. I was about to call them the Puckleberries, which is a completely different fanfic. <laughs> That's an extremely different thing. Um. But yeah, so they were doing that. Um, most other ships hadn't been doing anything. Will and Emma were presumably starting to date at this point. Yeah. And Tina and Artie hadn't quite gotten back together yet. Because they weren't officially back together mm-hmm. until the power of Madonna. Yeah. Mercedes didn't have anyone. Kurt didn't. Kurt would still be pining for Finn. Um, they would have just won sectionals, so still riding that emotional high between semesters and sue has vowed to seek revenge yet again but that's fine so we don't need to worry about shelby corcoran we don't need to worry about jesse st james we don't need to worry about any of the other characters who got more exposition in the second half of the season yeah we really don't even have to worry about sue she can still be off on in cabo or something Mm -hmm. so then we have to get to the point where finn and rachel are together where will and emma are be are considering being adults about their relationship for once um and but we have to have it before glee realizes that they are actually not much further up in the social standings than they were yes so this would be maybe it takes place during christmas break mm-hmm. and so we don't even have to worry about the school setting it could just be like oh uh, i don't know one of the glee kids tries to hold a christmas party I, actually that was literally my, my my two plot threads for this episode that we're coming up with are Will and Emma celebrating their first Christmas as a couple, question mark. They're not sure yet. They haven't defined their relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Glee kids throwing a Christmas party at Kurt's house, because it's probably the fanciest. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So how does that sound? That sounds good. We, we would have to say that Bert is out of town because Finn hasn't had much interaction. Or maybe Bert is just like, all right, kids, uh, no drinking, no drugs. I am going to be in my bedroom watching the Deadliest Catch Marathon. <laughs> See, my my note was maybe maybe Bert is just glad that his son is having friends over, but has to be at work or something, or or he's the one who they have to keep sending out to buy food or something like that. Maybe. Anyway, Michael Malley should be in this episode that we're coming up with. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, he can be in it, but like he, we, he's in it, but he has to be like mm-hmm. a, a plot point that he is taken away from the party. Yes, emergency at work. Because yeah. he runs a car shop, right? Uh, the car. Oh yeah, I guess there would be car emergencies. It's an Ohio winter, which is probably as bad as a Saskatchewan winter. Yeah, yeah. So, so Bert's having to work overtime hours, but he'll show up at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he shows up and everyone's like, it's Santa! And like, no, it's Bert. <laughs> I actually had a note about that, too. <laughs> but we can get there when we get there. <laughs> okay, so I actually... 
I, I want to put this on the table even though I feel like this is the ending song. Mm-hmm. I feel like the episode should end with What Are You Doing New Year's Eve? I don't know that song, but I'm up for it. <laughs> it's, it's the, well, let me find some lyrics and I'll sing a little bit of it. Duh, it is, okay, no, Casey Musgraves did not originate it. Ella Fitzgerald, it looks like, originated it. Two good performers. Good choice. Yes. So it's all about the singer asking someone, like, what they're doing New Year's Eve. And, like, are do you have someone? Are you dating someone? Are you single? Are you available New Year's Eve? And, like, the the very last um, stanza, I guess, would be, Oh, but in case I stand one little chance, here comes the jackpot question in advance. What are you doing New Year's? New Year's Eve. Nice. And so, since this is the episode about maybe Will and Emma hooking up, and maybe Finn and Rachel getting together, and maybe Tina and Artie getting back together, it could be a a song sung by Will and Tina and Rachel as they're kind of like looking at their target and being like, hey, hey, what are you doing New Year's Eve? See, I, my idea was what if, like, at this Christmas party that Kurt is throwing, because, like, the kids' plot in this episode is, like, them getting ready for the Christmas party and then partying at the Hummel's house. Mm -hmm. Um, My idea was that Rachel could, Rachel could spend a lot of the thing, a lot of the episode trying to get Finn under the mistletoe. Oh, that would make sense. And then to, and then to appease the Fox viewers in two thousand and nine, um, they could have a kiss under the mistletoe at the end, <laughs> like not quite like chasing someone around with the mistletoe, but like very much like let's stand and talk. No, let's stand and talk a little bit further. Let's stand and talk right here. <laughs> and for, for extra fun, we also could have Puck getting in on this. And then, could you imagine Puck and Rachel being territorial over who has the rights to the mistletoe doorway? <laughs> See, I feel like we must point out once again, in case, you, in case you've forgotten, Puck and Rachel are Jewish, which Puck will remind you any time he gets hard. I know. I know. I, I initially had toyed around the idea of, like, what if, it, what if the episode includes Rachel trying to teach Finn about Hanukkah? And then Finn is like, oh, oh god, I have to come up with seven presents for you? Oh no. <laughs> but I, not being a Jewish person, I don't, I'm, I was like, I am not comfortable coming up with that idea, so. Yeah, see, the, there's a, a two, twofold reason. One is that, the other is that mm-hmm. there's really only one well-known Hanukkah song, and they mm-hmm. do end up singing it in season four, and I want to try and only use songs that they did not end up singing in future episodes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why. And I guess. I guess the third reason is that you could easily see that Rachel is just not very good at practicing Judaism. Yeah. I feel like not not to not to overstep any lines, but I feel like I wouldn't be off base saying that Rachel only trots out the Jewish card so to make people associate her more with Barbara Streisand. Wouldn't surprise me, or for the or for the tokenist card on like her high school college application. Yeah. Uh, and then Puck would trot it out to, like, P- Puck Puck is much more orthodox, but also he will uh, disregard it when he needs to if it means he can make out with someone. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, and then t- also, Tina's Jewish? Really? Be- yeah, we find that out in season five, in like her, the last time we almost see her. Why does that not surprise me? 
Okay, not the last time, but like the last time the episode is like, hey, remember how Tina's important? <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Tina is Jewish, but I feel like because she has a hyphenated name, maybe she comes from an interfaith family, and so that's why she's like mm-hmm. much more receptive to Christmas stuff through the five seasons that we see her being totally down with all Christmassiness. Yeah. I mean, and, also, she could be down with like the commercial Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The secular version of Christmas, which is all about trees and candy. Yes. Okay. So if it's Kurt's Christmas party, mm-hmm. he probably gets an opening number. Yes. What would you like his opening number to be? I think Kurt's opening number should be, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. That would work, yeah. I realize this is not naturally his key, but I like the idea of the episode starts off with like Kurt doing a, a another wonderful conference call shot among the Glee kids, <laughs> calling everyone over to his house for, hey, it's it's December 23rd, who wants to come over to my place? And then as... And then once he gets off the phone with everyone, then he starts singing. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. And I'm assuming that he could probably just open a door in the Hummel household and it would explode into Christmas. <laughs> and then it could also be a fun group number because then as the Glee members show up, they help him start decorating stuff and they join in. Yeah. Like Mercedes would probably be first, followed by Tina and Artie. Mm-hmm. And then probably Rachel. Followed by Finn, and uh, Finn would be carpooling with Mike and Matt because one of them probably drives. Yeah, and Quinn, <laughs> and oh, then Puck I feel shows like up. Mike, Mike is probably the one who drives. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I take that back. Mike, Mike definitely drives. But yeah, so then they all just kind of show up and they help him start decorating. Yeah, yeah, I really dig that. I w- the only other song I could think of, Kurt, I, I could think of two, but one doesn't fit the register and the other doesn't fit the placement. Because mm-hmm. he could sing um, Step Into Christmas by Elton John, mm-hmm. but Elton John like does not have as high a voice as Chris no. Colfer does. The other one I was thinking would be December Will Be Magic Again by Kate Bush. Okay, I'm not familiar with that one. No one is. It's not. It's very hard to find. <laughs> And, but it, but it is the Kate Bushiest, so it's extremely high. Okay, it's probably not too high for Chris Colfer, but it's definitely like he might have to reach. <laughs> or they always could do it in a different key, because I feel like they do that at some point. Yeah, that's possible too, because it's it's a Kate Bush song. It's kind of weird. It's like December will be magic again take a husky to the ice Alvin Crosby sings why Christmas he makes you feel nice I cannot sing Kate Bush it's okay no no sweat I'll do another take and post but I'll put the chipmunk filter on it (laughs) oh go for it Okay, so, no, I think it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas makes uh, way more sense than any of my suggestions Mm -hmm. for that one. Mm -hmm. And I like the idea that maybe, like, even though, you know, everyone's having a good fun time decorating for Christmas, what if then we get to have a Quinn song, because this is the first Christmas that she's literally ever celebrated away from her nuclear family? Oh, dang, that's a good one. And I have two song choices for this. Okay. One of one of the choices is a song called Breath of Heaven. It's a it's very much so a sacred song and not a secular song. I don't know how Glee felt about that. Um They definitely did some religious songs 
I don't know if they all okay. made it onto the episode, though. I think most of them were constrained to just the album, because the albums would do, like, okay. twice as many songs as the episodes did. Okay, okay. So in that case, then, um, Breath of Heaven is a song sung from the perspective of Mary as she gets ready to bear bear the Christ child. Woof. Which might be a little bit on the nosy for, uh, for Quinn and Flat Baby, but that's where my brain went. And the other option is Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, but, because I know they cover it on Glee at some point, but the version of Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas from Meet Me in St. Louis, which is where Judy Garland's character is singing that as she's sobbing in tears because her Christmas is not the way that she wanted it to be. <laughs> Pathos. <laughs> yes. They did also sing I'll Be Home for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not one that made it into the episode, and that's another good one that Quinn could sing. Yeah, that's true. I'll be home for Christmas if only in my dreams. Oh, yeah, that that's a very good point. Yeah, so she sings one of those three songs. Mm-hmm. And then it gets to be a friendship moment, too, because then at the end, like, I don't know, Mercedes or Mercedes and or Kurt or someone can come and just be like, hey, like, we totally get that you're sad. Do you want to come eat cookies and feel better? And she's like, yes, sugar and carbohydrates. <laughs> <laughs> My baby demands 17 <laughs> Christmas oranges. <laughs> Uh, looking, yeah. I also, I would really like Mercedes to sing one of the Destiny's Child Christmas songs. Yes. Let Amber Riley sing Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, Glee never covered this Christmas, which I don't think was originated by Destiny's Child. I mean, even if it's not originated by Destiny's Child, like, go for it. It's, the Destiny's Child cover is the one I know the most. Mm-hmm. Okay, no, this Christmas was originated by Donny Hathaway in 1970. Mm-hmm. Okay, but yeah, but there's like of my Destiny's Child songs. I have Little Drummer Boy, which is a cover, mm-hmm. and do I hear? Do you hear? Do you hear what I hear? Which is a cover. <laughs> <laughs> and then the the as far as I can tell, they did two original songs, which was Eight Days of Christmas and Spread a Little Love, Spread a Little Love on Christmas Day. Okay, so what if we do Spread a Little Love or This Christmas for Mercedes, and maybe maybe she could have that as a number with maybe Tina. Yes, or like like with Tina and. Maybe Matt or Mike? <laughs> one, of, one of the episode ideas I had uh, rattling around was, what if this was a Matt-focused episode? I would be okay with that. Like, But I, I, I feel like our having the couples trying to come together has more meat on it than just saying, hey, and Matt's here. Yeah. But yeah, so maybe this could be like a cute baking moment and like the... I don't know, they could have fun, they could have fun actually baking this time instead of just doing a, doing a fight with flour and baking powder and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) What if we had this Christmas as a duet between Mercedes and Quinn, but then Mm -hmm. spread a little love on Christmas Day was the group number with like Quinn and Tina and Kurt? That could be fun. So, do you have any thoughts on what they could do for the Christmas party aside from sing? (laughs) Um, hmm. What are the Christmas games? They're scary ghost stories. Um, white elephant. Or rob your neighbor. What is rob your neighbor? Okay, so you're familiar with white elephant, right? No, I don't know what white elephant is. Okay, okay, so a white elephant is essentially a game where you bring a present in a in an extremely obscuring wrapping. 
and then you kind of like go around in a circle and then you get to like you get you get to take presents from people or like swap presents and the kind of the the, the idea of it is that you get you bring this present that maybe you got but you don't necessarily want oh, and then oh, it's someone else ends with it i guess so my friends always calls that a called that a nifty gifty okay okay um, but then, like, Rob Your Neighbor is specifically based on the premise of you bring these presents and then you and then everyone tries to get, like, a present from someone else. Like, oh, Kurt's present is a is in a very small, like, gift card sized envelope. So everyone wants that gift card to, I don't know, Deb or something. <laughs> Whereas, like, White Elephant is like, oh, someone <laughs> someone brought this this literal white elephant lamp that was in their parents' basement for a very long time, and then Kurt's like, the antiquities, I must have them. <laughs> so maybe they could play that and a song could be overlaid over it. Wait, what if what if Matt's, Matt's scene is like, oh, he's just like wildly good at white elephant? Mm-hmm. That would be good. Like, for reference here, white elephant can get so buck wild, like, one time... I literally got like a rectangular package the size of let's say like a box of like a box of 64 crayons and then inside <laughs> that package was a twilight light switch <laughs> like a light plate but also a gift card to target <laughs> one one time at, at youth group someone passed around a gift that was also a gift card but it was a gift card that was sandwiched between blocks of wood that had been duct taped together. <laughs> <laughs> like just chunks of two by four that you had to then unwrap to get to the gift card. So so when my group has done Nifty Gifty in the past, what we did was... So, so there was always at least one copy of Twilight. And I remember one oh, person no. got a copy like... They got a gift and they like traded it for a different gift. And when they unwrapped it, they were both copies of Twilight that had been traded. <laughs> I know. Also, um, our friend Ryan, he has stated yeah. that he's a big fan of the anti-gift. So because yeah. Nifty Gifty is kind of somewhere in between. Where some people bring things that are generally cool to get, and some people mm-hmm. are just trying to unload shit they don't want, and some mm-hmm. people are just crave chaos. Mm-hmm. And so one time Ryan <laughs> Ryan came in with a big box, and when it was all opened up, it was just like a twenty four pack of bottled water. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like Ryan. <laughs> Another one was a seemingly empty box, and the person's like, "This mm-hmm. is just an empty box." And then Ryan says, "Yeah, but what does it say inside?" And I look, and it's like. Oh, and they hold it up and show it to everyone, and it just says free hugs, and then Ryan jumped up and tackle-hugged them. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, who would do that in Glee? Um, hmm. Sid or Mike, uh, I think. Yeah, I feel like Mike is a free hugs person. Oh, Mike would absolutely be an unironic free hugs person. (laughs) And, And Puck would bring, like... Puck would bring a thing of TV dinners, I feel like. It's just a pack of kid cuisines. Quinn brings a crucifix, and she's like, yeah, I'm not feeling it anymore. <laughs> um, and it ends up, Tina, no, Tina ends up with the crucifix, and she's like, um? Mm-hmm. Rachel, what would Rachel contribute? An autographed photo of herself. Yes. What would Kurt contribute? Uh, Kurt would bring, like, an actual legitimately good gift. But mm-hmm. but also just for him. Oh no, Kurt, Kurt would bring like an exten- expensive perfume kit. Ooh, there you go. Because I've bought my mom fragrances before, and those things are fucking expensive. 
Yes, they are. I feel like Tina would bring, like, hand-knitted, like, the kind of, like, the mittens where you can, like, pull the, like, the caps over and then it's fingerless gloves. Oh, yeah. I feel like she'd bring a pair of those. Mm -hmm. Mercedes would probably bring, like, vintage records. Mm -hmm. Mike would bring a mixtape. Yeah. No, Mike would bring the free. Mike would bring the free hugs. Oh yeah, Mike would bring the free hugs. Sorry about that. And then Matt could bring the mixtape. There you go. Matt brings an actually really good mixtape that everyone is jealous they didn't get. <laughs> uh, Santana brings like a handmade coupon, and it's like um, he- <sighs> redeemable. Good for one day of me not insulting you. <laughs> no, I was I was going to do the opposite. Like, redeemable for one insult towards the person of your choice on my behalf. Or I will insert a person of your choice. On your behalf. I like that. That's good. The go off coupon. Mm-hmm. Brittany brings one apple. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what about Artie? What would he bring? He probably brings a gamer t-shirt. Some kind of gamer swag. Yes, Artie brings gamer swag. And you know what? Finn probably ends up with it because they're like the very few people who in this instance, their like brainwaves sync up. Mm-hmm. But the t-shirt is much too small for Finn. Oh no! Hang on. oh, hang on. I have to let me let me check. Uh, I have to check something. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yes, actually, Finn ending up with a far, uh, size too small t-shirt would be funny, but the timing doesn't quite work because it's uh, like two years past the point. But I was thinking, what if Artie brought a copy of Pokemon Diamond and then Finn brought a copy of Pokemon Pearl? Oh, that would be fun. Who would end up with those though? Each other. Oh, that's fun. And they're like, hey! <laughs> the two Pokemon nerds. Oh, but that we've, we've just decided now. Yes, that's good. I think that's all the Glee kids? I, I think so. Yes. Okay, cool. And we already have four songs now. Nice. So how, how many songs do you think this episode should have? Like six? Yeah, I was going to say four to six, and I have a song um, set aside for Will and Emma. Okay. Do we want to talk about them real quick? Then? Oh yeah, we should, because I guess they would be the B-plot, or yeah. the D-plot. Yeah, yeah. So the, the my idea for the adult plot for this episode was Will and Emma's first Christmas as a reasonably possible couple. Yeah, because again, we don't we don't know if they've defined the relationship or something. Well, that's the thing is that they never really define the relationship either. And when we meet back up with them in the second half of the season, it's still very like in this weird liminal space. Okay. And so this episode would have to capture that. And so what if, it has to be like in a neutral public area. I, oh, see, I was gonna say, what if the episode was um, like since since Will had just left his wife Emma is like, hey, would you like to do something for Christmas? And so maybe they could have it at her place, we could see Emma's house, or they could do it at the at the Schuster residence. Trying to think from Emma's perspective, she would probably want to do something at Will's house because mm-hmm. she, uh, basing this on myself and my obsessive compulsions, she probably does not want other people in her house unless like they have been trained and briefed. I understand that. That sounds possible. Okay, so this is Christmas at Will's house. Will's place. Mm-hmm. And my concept was that because they are now planning to do this, they're 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 gonna do Christmas dinner and movie night. They could watch Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> One of the DVDs that Terry left at Will's house is Die Hard. I'm establishing this as canon. Is is Die Hard a Bruckheimer film? I don't know, but I don't care. 
I'm all in for Die Hard, but I want to quickly check if Jerry Bruckheimer has actually made any Christmas movies. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> Just to keep with the continuity. Yeah, it's okay. So, so the plan is dinner and maybe a movie and just relaxing at Will's place. And because Emma is Emma, and because Will is Will, they both try to... Like, this is not happening on the same night as the kids' party, just for the sake of timing. But they they try to plan things like, oh, okay, who's gonna get the food? Or like, who? oh, I'll bring pie, but then like the pie gets messed up or something. And there's some shenanigans that could possibly be um interfered with by my notes here are Kendra, Terry, Sue, or the Glee kids. <laughs> that 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 any any combination of those could help combine to throw the idea of the heavy air quotes here, perfect Christmas off. Yeah. And then there the my idea was that the adult plotline kind of ends with them just being oh wow we really get it up this time huh yeah but but in the sense of like this was both of our faults so let's not worry about it too much and then they sing count your blessings from white christmas oh that would be yeah i like that one also because then then emma could have the line about i think about a nursery and i picture curly heads and one by one i count them as they snuggle in their beds <laughs> Because, look, the writers knew where they were going. They yeah. knew that oh, Will yeah. and Emma were endgame. <laughs> yeah, and then maybe they have a kiss at the end because more fox-mandated heterosexuality. Yes. I love fox-mandated heterosexuality. At Christmas! <laughs> um, I had an idea for a song that could play over the, the, the nifty-gifty situation with the kids. Yeah, go for it. The 12 Days of Christmas, but the Straight No yeah. Chaser arrangement. Oh, I mean, you know I'm always down for Straight No Chaser. I don't remember if their arrangement is any different. Oh no, the 12 Days of Christmas, that's the one where uh, I had Christmas down in Africa! Yep, <laughs> it keeps, they keep on changing and throwing other Christmas songs in there. Oh, I need to listen to that Christmas song. I'm going to have to listen to it after you get off this call, because oh, they're so good. <laughs> I love them. I've seen them in concert. <laughs> oh, that'd be rad. Um, I'm just looking at the other Christmas songs I really like and wondering if we can just shoehorn them in. Yeah. Did you want to have anything else to add to Will and Emma's subplot before we go back to the kids? <laughs> I feel like most of the focus should be on the kids, just because that's where we have the most wiggle room. Yeah. But because this is season one Glee, we still have to have the adults involved in it somehow. I mean, it's late season. If this is, if this is taking place in the mind space where it's like being produced a few months after, after they were getting, like, the reviews in, they would already know that the adults are not the main draw of the show. Okay, that's fair. So after the after they do the nifty-gifty gift exchange... Say that five times fast. Nifty-gifty gift exchange. 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 You did it! <laughs> they did it, y'all! <laughs> um, so after that... Is that the point at which, like, everyone's just kind of, like, settling down to chill and talk, and we have the Finn, we have the, the Puck and Rachel fighting over the mistletoe moment? Yeah, probably. Is that set to a song, or... I mean, I feel like it should be, but I don't, I can't think of a song that would go with that. What if, mm, let me double check if they sang this one already, I don't think they did. What if Happy they did... Christmas War is Over by John and Yoko? <laughs> <laughs> No, I was going to say Merry Christmas, Baby by Bruce, Gr I, Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen! <laughs> oh, you mean 
Merry Christmas, baby. Bow now. Sure should treat, treat me right. Oh, it was originated by Otis Redding. Oh, hell yeah, Otis Redding. I thought there was a, a, a lyric mentioning mistletoe in that. Oh yeah, there it is. I feel like I'm gonna kiss you standing beneath that mistletoe. Yes. So that, you know what? That could be a fun Puck and Rachel duet. Yes. Like, they each sing it as they try to, like, persuade, respectively, Quinn and Finn to get under the mistletoe. Mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> and I feel like there should be a point at which it's just, like, literally Puck and Rachel back-to-back, each trying to force each other out of the doorway. <laughs> and then around them, just Finn and Quinn are just looking at each other, just like, you see this shit? <laughs> <laughs> and, in the, and in the background, everyone else is sitting there with popcorn. Um. Okay, so, alright, so we've got... What, what we're we at ha- like six songs. I yeah, think. I think so. I think we are. We're at the game to walk like Christmas. Then mm-hmm. it would probably go into spread a little spread a little love on Christmas Day. No, wait. It has to be Quinn's sad song first. Oh right. What was her sad song again? It was either "Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas" or there was that one sad song. Um, I'll be home. Oh, I'll be home for Christmas. Right. And then spread a little love. And then it would probably be "Merry Christmas, Baby." Mm-hmm. What was going to be the song? When did we want to set the 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 gift exchange? That was twelve days twelve days of Christmas straight no chaser. Okay, okay. Um, then we had count your blessings. Mm-hmm. And then we had this Christmas. Yeah. And then we we're going to close off with what are you doing New Year's Eve? Mm-hmm. So I think that's actually seven, but I don't think there's any I want to remove. That's okay. Oh, that's actually eight. So yeah, we probably shouldn't try and stuff anything else in there. Yeah. At, at this point, the, the only other note I have that we didn't talk about was I like the idea of <laughs> the end of the episode being Bert walks in with like Christmas goodies or Christmas pizza or something. Yeah. Pizza that- in the shape of Christmas trees. And then he's accompanied by Will in a Santa suit who comes bearing cookies. <laughs> yes, I do like <laughs> because that. Because we have to have Will interact with the kids in the episode per regulations or yep. something like that. <laughs> it's in the contract. It's in his, it's prob- it was probably in Matthew Morrison's contract. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so they show up at the end, and they all say, like, Merry Christmas, Mr. Shoe! Or something. Uh, my last thought was something that happened just before the end would be, uh, probably after the Finn and Rachel stuff is resolved, and after the Mistletoe mm-hmm. stuff, stuff is resolved, that's mm-hmm. when Tina can kind of lure Artie under the Mistletoe, and they actually get a kiss, instead of everyone just, like, trying to fight over it. They actually get a natural Mistletoe mm-hmm. kiss. Good. I love that. I like that. So actually, let's maybe maybe twist it around. Maybe have what are you doing New Year's Eve be the penultimate number, and then this Christmas can be the closing number. I like that. Th- that's a good note to end on. But still, but still led by Mercedes and Quinn. Yes, yes. Gosh dang it! I don't want to see them do this episode. <laughs> you know what? So- sometimes, like many things with Glee, it's better in our heads and in our hearts. Yes. Than yes. on our screens. It doesn't mean that I might. I, I might honestly draw fan art of just like, hey, this is, we made up an episode and this is what we think it should look like. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's some good shit. It'd be fun. But yeah, I mean, I guess that's it. I guess that's it. It only took us the length of an actual Glee episode, too. Yeah. See, because we made a good episode and we didn't yeah. go like write out the horrible lines to read out, mm-hmm. we don't have to dive in depth as to why this is the worst thing. We don't have to think about what kind of dumbass lines they would have shoehorned in for a Christmas episode in 2009. (laughs)
Brittany probably opens up one of her presents and says, thanks, Obama, but with complete sincerity. Oh, I love that, actually. That that needs to be in there. <laughs> okay, there we go. All right, so I guess that's the end of our Christmas special? Yeah, I guess it is. Um, do you want me to do the outro like normal? <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Loser Like Me is a part of the Corner Podcast Network. We can be heard on your podcasting platform of choice, and if we aren't there, let us know and we'll work on getting there. We can also be found at LoserLikeMePod on Twitter and through LoserLikeMePod at gmail.com. Uh, so next time, I don't remember, next time I think we're going to have to wear outfits made out of Muppets. Yeah. Or Beanie Babies. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, but we don't have to worry about that until the new year. We don't have to worry about that until 2021! Yes. New Game Plus. Yes. <laughs> Literally anything is a plus above 2020. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah. You want to count us out? Sure. Three, two, one. And, and that's, that's what, what you missed, missed on Glee. Glee. That's what we all missed on Glee. Ah, rip. Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now. As we riff the show, Tanner and Christine are gonna figure out why we love this show. Better grab your golden stars and slushies, cause you're listening. You're listening to loser like me. Loser like me. Loser like me.